Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the privilege of prayer. And we pray that you would now teach us how to pray in a way that pleases you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you can tell a lot about a person by how they pray. Our, our prayers reveal what matters to us, our priorities, our worries, our values. And there's often a very stark difference between the way a new Christian prays and a mature Christian prays. At least there ought to be a big difference. See, often when we start praying, we are rather self-centered in our prayers. Uh, we come to God with our shopping list of desires. But a mature Christian prays very differently because they've already learned that life is not about them. It's about God. And so God's will and God's glory dominates their prayers. I wonder what your prayers reveal about your relationship with God. Well, in Luke chapter 11, Jesus teaches us how to pray. Now, before we look at what he says, let's look at his example. In verse 1, Luke tells us that Jesus was praying. It's, it's now the sixth time in Luke's gospel that Luke has pointed this out. Uh, Jesus models the priority of prayer. Now, we should never be too busy to pray. Uh, even King Jesus recognized his need for God's help and he delighted to draw near to his Father. So should we. In the morning, in the evening, when we're worried, when we have a big decision to make, Christians pray. But this time, something catches the disciples' attention. Verse 2, when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. Notice we need to be taught how to pray. Now, prayer, in a sense, doesn't come naturally. Uh, yes, we can, we can pray about anything. But there is such a thing as mature prayer. And disciples of Jesus need to learn how to pray. Now, the way we pray should change as we grow as a Christian. The more that we understand God's will and his word, the more our prayers should change to reflect it. And so Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer as a, as a model. Verse 2, he says, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Now, it's slightly shorter than the one that we're used to, which is taken from Matthew's Gospel. But that's fine because it's not the exact words that matter. It's the, the concepts that Jesus is teaching us here. Notice how short the prayer is. See, we don't need long and complex prayers. For God to answer us, we can pray to the point. Now, how should we pray? Firstly, notice to who we should pray. Verse 2, when you pray, say, Father. Now, what a privilege it is that we can call the God of the universe our Father. Now, it makes Christian prayer different from the prayers of every other religion. No other religion you call God Father. But Christians have such a close, intimate relationship with God. We are his family. He is not distant or, or unapproachable. He is intimate and he is involved. 
we pray to God as Father. Now, many Christians pray to the Holy Spirit or to Jesus, but the model Jesus gives us is different. Jesus died and he gave us his spirit so that we would pray to God as our Father. We pray to God as Father. Well, secondly, we pray seeking God's glory first. Again, verse 2, we pray, Father, hallowed be your name. Now, to pray that God's name would be hallowed is to pray that it would be glorified and honoured, that he would receive the praise that is due to his name, because ultimately life is, is about God, it's not about us. And so next we pray, your kingdom come. And, and that's a prayer that God's rule would be acknowledged by all people, that all people might submit to Jesus as the king of their lives and enter into God's heavenly kingdom. See, as God's children, we're to seek God's glory first. Our prayers are to reflect a desire for God to be the centre of the universe, and not me or you. Well, thirdly, we are to pray dependent upon God for our needs. Verse 3 says, Give us each day our daily bread. Now, in the Old Testament, God gave Israel manna one day at a time. It was to teach them to depend on him for their daily needs. Now, most of us probably have enough food in the kitchen for months, uh, enough money in the bank to buy more. And so it's easy for us to, to take God's provision for granted, to fall into self-sufficiency. But here we're reminded that we must depend on God for our daily needs. It's a good reason to say grace before you eat, to remind yourself of God's daily provision. But not only do we pray for our physical needs, but also for our spiritual needs. And so verse 4, we pray, forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. See, this is our greatest need, not just good health or a good exam result or a job or a comfortable retirement. Our greatest need is for forgiveness from God. See, none of us have loved God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. None of us have perfectly loved our neighbour as ourselves. We're sinners. And without forgiveness, we will never enter God's kingdom. We'll face his judgment. But the Bible tells us Jesus went to the cross. He bore our punishment in our place so that we might be forgiven. And so day after day, we confess our sins to God and we ask for his forgiveness, confident that he will forgive us because of what Jesus has done for us. But not only that, we must offer that same forgiveness to other people. Verse 4 says, forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Now, of course, forgiveness is not easy. It was very, very costly for Jesus to forgive us. But if God could forgive unworthy sinners like us, how much more should we forgive other people? You see, a forgiven person is to be a forgiving person. A forgiven person is to be a forgiving person. 
Well, finally, we are taught to pray for spiritual protection. Do you see it there in verse 4? Lead us not into temptation. See, God wants us to pray not only that our sins may be forgiven when we fail, but that he may enable us not to sin in the first place. Now, we face many temptations every day where we're tempted to lust after others, where we're tempted by greed, we're tempted to gossip, we're tempted to be proud. But Jesus teaches us to pray that we would escape all of these temptations, that we would lead a life that truly pleases him. And he shows us we will never overcome any of those temptations by our own strength. We need to pray. Well, today we've seen Jesus' model of prayer. He prayed frequently, acknowledging his need for God's constant help. And we've seen Jesus' teaching on prayer. We are to pray to God as Father. We are to seek his glory first. We are to depend on him for all of our needs, physical and spiritual, and pray for his spiritual protection. I wonder how your prayers compare to Jesus' model. Uh, I know for myself, I often take the privilege of prayer for granted. I pray far less than I should. I often forget to seek God's glory first before my own worries. And I often focus on my own physical needs and I forget my spiritual needs. What about you? Our prayers reveal what truly matters to us. And God wants us to grow in spiritual maturity so that we pray more and more like Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm.